Too often, faith becomes more about who is in and who is out or about who belongs and who does not. But in order for spirituality to be good for anyone, it has to be good for everyone. In this podcast, we find incredible people using their faith and life as a catalyst for goodness in this world. Be inspired to discover your own goodness in order to make your life, your family, your community, and your world better. Welcome to the Chasing Goodness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Kinzara. Great to be with you today, as always, recording in a hotel room out in New York, Buffalo, New York. Had a great day today. It was hilarious, though. So every time when I'm out and about, I try to find, you know, if I'm in an area that would have something interesting to see, especially if it's something to do with nature, I always try to make my way there. So I had a little bit of time this afternoon. And for those of you who don't know, Buffalo is right next to Niagara Falls. And Niagara Falls is pretty spectacular. Hadn't been there since I was a boy. Went on a couple of road trips with my family there growing up. And remember, you know, you remember you have those great childhood memories of road trips. I remember grandma and grandpa came along. It was a wonderful time and uh, took our old minivan out there. So anyway, it was kind of fun to go out there. And uh, so you go out there. So if you ever have been to Niagara Falls before, one of the things about the falls is they're so powerful and so incredible that it it spits up like this mist, this just huge mist. So when you're by the the biggest falls, the horseshoe falls, it literally feels like it's raining on you. And so I went up there and uh, checked that out and was having a good time and was getting wet. And then I was like, okay, I want to walk down and see what else there is to see. And, and then I'm walking down and it actually starts raining, like not just drizzling, like downpouring. And by this time, I'm probably... I'm probably like a mile away from my car. I didn't think to bring an umbrella because I'm not that kind of person that thinks ahead like that. And so I'm just getting drenched and I'm just kind of giggling about it because, you know, who cares? I'll get back to the hotel and, and dry off and it'll be fine. But it just keeps coming down and it's so windy. I'm just, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is absolutely miserable. And so then out of a garbage can, I see this this pink thing sticking up and I knew exactly what it was when I saw it. There's a boat called Made of the Mist. When I went there as a boy, we went on the Made of the Mist and what you do is when you get on that boat, they give you a poncho because when you get close to the falls, you're literally just getting drenched. So everybody has a poncho and so somebody must have been on Made of the Mist. They got off and they ditched their poncho in the garbage can and so I basically went dumpster diving for a pink poncho (laughs) keep myself from getting drenched and so uh made it back survived it was quite an experience and i I say dumpster dumpster dive very loosely because it was sticking out of the top of a garbage can i sure hope the people that had it before me didn't have lice or anything like that otherwise it's going to be a long week for me out here (laughs) anyway great experience it was just fun reminiscing and just enjoying like just the immense incredible nature that this world has to offer and it got me thinking a little bit about what i want to share on this podcast which i'm going to get back to in a second here but first i want to keep you up to date on everything that's going on especially with the book release especially with the online devotional if you haven't downloaded it yet just go to mattkinzara.com and you can get that seven day devotional and i i i'm just i'm it's called finding faith again because I don't know if you're like me but if you've gone through some ups and downs in your faith and I know my down was quite a ways down and when I got down there I I needed to look up and I needed to go after it again I remember when I posted the podcast a while back about deconstruction 
And one of the one of the comments that came back to me was, well, after you deconstruct, don't you think you should reconstruct? <laughs> and I said, I think that would be wise because that's my story, right? I, I found my way to the bottom and then I worked my way back up from there and I'll never arrive and I'll always be deconstructing. I'll always be reconstructing. It's a beautiful thing. And uh, so that's what that, that devotional is all about. It's just called Finding Faith Again. And it's not a how-to guide. So when you hear that title, don't think, oh, Matt's telling me how to... to live out my faith. No, I have no interest in doing that whatsoever. All it is, is stories from my own experience. And so it's just seven stories uh, from my life that I took and, and just kind of made some sense of my journey back to where I am now from where I've been. Again, haven't arrived, never will. So make sure you hop on mattkinsera.com, grab that free Devo and, uh, and just give me your input on it. I'd love to hear what you thought. I would like to do more things like that in the future. But before I keep jumping any farther into it, I'd love to hear what you thought about it. So feel free to message me or you can just email me at hello at mattkinsera.com and would love to hear your thoughts. The other thing, of course, if you've been listening to this podcast or following social media, you know that the book is coming out. Bring it home. The Adventure of Finding Yourself After Being Lost in Religion. It comes out officially on November 10th. It's going to be out for pre-order real soon. As soon as it is, it might even be this week. So this week or next week, it's going to be out for pre-order if you want to get your hands on it a little bit early. You can't actually get your hands on it early, but you can order it a little bit early, which is really helpful to me. So that's going to be coming out. If anybody wants to be on the launch team for that, that just means helping me promote that book. I'll send you a free PDF copy of it so you can get a chance to read it ahead of everybody else. And then I'll just let you know what I need to do as a part of that launch team. It's just letting people know about it that are in your circle. So reach out to me at hello at mattkinsera.com if you want to be a part of that. That team is starting to grow already. and But there's always room. There's always room for more. So I'm excited about that. And then if you're in the Eau Claire, Wisconsin area, Mark down November 11th. It's the day. So the book's coming out on the 10th of November. But then the launch party, the book party slash show is going to be on 11-11 downtown Eau Claire at a great little place called Forage. I don't have tickets up for that yet, but they're going to be coming out next week. It's free, okay? I'm not doing tickets because I'm trying to make any money off of this. I'm doing tickets because we can only hold about 75 people in the venue. And I want to make sure if you want to be there that you can get in the door. So it's going to be limited seating, but it's going to be so much fun because what we're going to do is we're going to, of course, we're going to celebrate. We're going to have books for sale there. If you want me to sign them for some crazy reason that you want my signature in your book, I'm happy to do that for you. Maybe I'll even write a nice little encouraging note to you. And then uh, we're going to create a little show. My wife Susie and I are creating a little half hour show around the book. So I'm going to read a few of the stories from the book. And then we've got some music that coincides with those stories. It's going to be so much fun. And there's a bar there. So don't worry. We're going to have fun. There's going to be drinks. There's going to be just a ton of great conversation. It's going to literally be like a party. I don't know if you've ever been to like when I, maybe you have somebody else who's done a book party before and you're like, okay, I'm going to this book party, but it's going to feel like I'm going to the library. <laughs> That's not what this book party is going to be like. It's going to be like a party celebrating a book. We're going to have some fun. So we'll be at the Forage 
from six to eight. So it's going to be at six o'clock. If you can't make that or would rather not come to it or can't get tickets to it because it gets sold out too quick, we're going to have an after party as well. And that's going to be to be determined as far as where it is. I got to find a spot for that as well, where we can just keep that party going for as long as we want. So, oh, I'm so excited about this book. I'm so excited about coming into this world. I'm so hopeful that it's encouraging to the people that read it. And, you know, it's one of those things you create it and just by creating it, like you've accomplished a dream. And then the fact that it's going to be out there for people to read, that's another dream. Then the fact that it's going through an actual real publisher, Lake Drive Books, that's another dream. And then if anybody buys it, that would be even another dream. So again, can you tell I'm a little excited? All right, so back to my Niagara Falls story. What it did is it got me thinking about kind of my life and my spirituality and kind of how it all started, where it went to, and kind of now where it has come back to. And really what we're going to focus in here is experiencing our faith. Okay, that's, that's kind of the, the, little, the little nugget that we're going we're gonna to riff on. Is that, that's a music word, right? We're going to riff on that a little bit. <laughs> okay, so the idea of experiencing God, when I say it out loud, if you've been in the evangelical church for a while, that might even make you shudder a little bit because sometimes experience is, has been put on the back burner to knowledge. That's a little bit of what I've noticed throughout my life. So going way back when, if you listen to this podcast or you know me, you already know this about me, so I won't belabor it. But going way back, my experience with God is started in the Catholic Church, as I say, almost every single stinking podcast. But it really didn't. Because here's the thing, the spaces that I remember when I really felt connected to God, sure, there was some that happened inside that Catholic church. That was a very, very special place to me. And I was even thinking last week, I was like, I got I to gotta get back to Boscobel, Wisconsin and just go to a church service there. But then I'm like, ah, maybe I shouldn't because it would like ruin it because it's so magical in my memory. But I digress again. So the the real space where my faith started to flourish was not in that Catholic church though, even though I went to Catholic school and I was learning all about my faith, the real magic happened on the hills around my house, which was, it was uh, like, we lived on a bluff, like halfway up a bluff along the Wisconsin river. This is this beautiful, magical place to grow up. We had 17 acres of land, but then, you know, neighbors and people that my parents knew owned hundreds of acres all around us that we could explore and have fun on. And I can just remember I can remember one specific moment where I was sitting up kind of on this rock overlook, like you could see forever. And I just remember looking out there, just thinking about God. And this was as a young boy. I bet I was maybe second, third, fourth grade, somewhere in that age when I was having these thoughts. I can just remember up there just being so enamored, so in awe of what I was seeing. I mean, I, I'm sure I could see into Iowa from where we were. And uh, it was just incredible. And I remember thinking, my goodness, there has to be a God. There just has to be. How could there not be a God and me be looking at what I'm looking at? And then I remember another experience I had. I literally was sitting, we had a deck that surrounded three quarters of our house. And I remember sitting out there at one time, just staring up at the stars. And if you, if, you, if you grew up in like a rural area or out in the country, or if you've ever been there, 
you know that like watching the stars there is it's different it's different even if you're in a small town it's different when you're outside and and I, we lived like three miles outside of a tiny town so there was no light pollution going on and so when it was dark and the stars were out it was just the sky was so massive and immense and and the stars would just be so vibrant and i can remember just sitting out there just for hours on end just staring up at the stars and you know when it's really dark and it's really and the stars are really bright and you can even see like the milky way coming through and i remember in that scenario just looking up having that same thought like oh my goodness like there has to be something behind this like this this couldn't just happen to be there had to be there had to be something behind this and then i know i only said i'd say two but then there was this third time i remember when i was on that same deck and i saw a rain shower just come over the bluff right across from us and come toward me and I just stayed there until it like hit my face and had the the same type of experiences and that was where my early faith connected me to God in a way that I'm still very much connected today which is God through nature I just did a reel a little while ago it was my first reel I ever tried on Instagram and it was all about this idea that like faith apart from nature or God apart from nature doesn't like to me it just doesn't make any sense because when you experience the divine in that kind of setting like it it settles in in a way that knowledge could never do and I'm sure even when I'm saying this maybe for you you've had experiences in nature in the same way or maybe for you you've had other experiences with God that seemed wildly profound I know when I'm talking to my wife about experiencing God like she's had some intense amazing encounters with God and and this experience that she has that she had more than anything else is what connects her to her faith and I would say the same thing the experiences that I've had, especially out in nature, like I said, were, are the things still to this day that connect me to God more than anything else. Does that mean I don't enjoy a great worship service? Uh, no, I mean, I've had some incredible experiences also in worship settings. I remember one of the most dynamic situations I was ever in in a church service had nothing to do with what I learned from, like I, I don't even, I could not tell you what the pastor spoke about, okay? But there was this moment, and I'm a music guy. I grew up playing the drums. I went to college for music. I've taught music. I still play music a lot. So music is just like so ingrained in me, music and rhythm and all of that. And I remember we were at this church, and it was a very contemporary church, and they were playing, you know, the whole band was on, and, and they, were just, they were just killing it. It was really, like it was just a really great thing that was going on and then there was this moment and this was a really big church there's I was probably surrounded by you know a thousand or two thousand people it was in a gym it was a brand new church it was like at a school and I remember there was this one time when the whole band just cut out and they just sang the old classic hymn amazing grace and it was the first time I ever cried in the middle of a church service because there was something so powerful about singing a song that to me was like ancient, to me was so old, right? And to me is something that I'd heard forever and ever and ever. And then you just strip all the music away and all you have are the voices. And I just remember that experience of us all together singing the song about God and what he's done for us was, was something that far and away goes beyond anything that I've ever learned. Far and away goes beyond anything that any pastor, preacher, 
teacher author has ever taught me. And so we can have authors who speak, you know, we, we can have people who write books and speak and say there is no God. And and they can have a really well-founded argument for that. And and I get that. And I, I get that perspective. I know a number of atheists in my own life. But here's the thing. You don't need to try to argue me into being an atheist because I never will be because I've had these experiences that to me are so ingrained and so divine. And I don't know how else to describe them and I don't know how else to explain them. And so, so this is me as a little boy, like growing up, just feeling like in so many ways throughout my life, just experiencing God over and over and over in all these amazing, profound, meaningful ways. I mean, this might even sound like a stupid one and maybe it was just by chance, <laughs> but there's a time I, I did not have a good driving record growing up. Okay. And I remember I got in, this, in an accident uh, on the way, and of all things, I was on the way back from a day retreat for Catholic young people. And so it was a part of like our catechism or our confirmation or whatever. We had to go to this day-long retreat with this priest. And I was coming back from that. So it's like I did my due diligence. Like I did my spiritual work for the day. I should be rewarded for this. And on the way home, I lose control of my car and I crash it into a tree. And I was so like, and it was my brother's car. So I knew I was in trouble, let alone whatever my parents were going to say. And then I got two tickets, one for crossing the center line and one for driving too fast for conditions, which is crazy that I can remember that. I'm 46. This happened when I was 16 years old and I can remember the tickets I got. I could take you to the exact place where it happened and show you where the tree was that I hit. And I remember I was so down and I was so like, I was so dreading telling my brother that I wrecked his car. I was so dreading telling my parents that I got not one, but two tickets out of the deal. And I, I remember coming back in and for whatever reason, I was dropped off at my grandparents' house, which is right next to our house. And I was walking from my grandparents' house up to our house and I just, just crushed. My, like my soul was crushed and I looked up in the sky and right when I looked up, there was this huge shooting star that just streaked across the sky. It was just it was, it was incredible, right? I remember it to this day. And it was almost like, and in that moment, I knew it was like this divine reminder that everything's going to be okay. And here's the thing. Everything was okay. Did my brother hit me in the stomach? Yeah, but I had that coming. <laughs> did my parents ground me? I think they probably did. I don't remember. Did I have to pay for some of those tickets? Yeah, <laughs> that was on me, right? So I had to do what I had to do. But at the end of the day, seeing that star shooting across the sky made me feel like it was going to be okay. Uh, today, the day that I'm recording this podcast, had a little bit of a, a tough day, had some hard news that kind of came across. And and when that happens, what I do is I often will just go for a walk. That's just how I, I kind of, I call it reverberating. I just feel what I'm going through, think through it a little bit. And it was a real rainy day out here in New York. It just had been raining all day and it rained later when I went to Niagara Falls. Uh, but, but I walk outside and um, the sun just, just came out. It's as if it just came out for that moment. It was the one time I saw the sun all day was the moment I walked outside. And then when I went back into my hotel room about 20 minutes later, the sun was gone. And then another thing that happened is there was about 100 geese that flew overhead. And one thing that's been really important to my family and specifically my wife and I is that geese represent family. And so it was this moment. So I walked outside, the sun was shining suddenly and had to be a hundred geese just honking, flying overhead. And again, 
you know, and yeah, yeah, maybe the sun just happened to come out at that time. Yeah, maybe some geese just flew overhead at that time. But to me, the timing was so perfect that it, it just reminded me that it's, it's fine. Everything's going to be okay. Like you've been through harder, you've been through worse. You're going to get through this little blip on the radar. And so again, it's just those experiences. And so I like I could tell stories for days. I love telling stories, but I'll stop. Okay. So growing up, that's that was that was my relationship with God. Yes, I loved going to church growing up, but more importantly, like I just felt so deeply ingrained with my connection to God through experience. Okay. I remember we're talking about experiences. So then I get start getting involved in the evangelical church interestingly enough like one of the first books that was recommended to me when i was in the evangelical church was a book called experiencing god maybe you maybe you've read it it was it was a really interesting book and so i was like okay this is going to work for me this is going to work just fine for me and then over time what happened is it seemed like experiences were put on the back burner to knowledge did you sense that same thing if you were a part of like organized religion or organized church or maybe the evangelical movement or even, you know, for, you know, a lot of mainline uh, churches would be the same way as well. And I really felt like any experience that I had suddenly had to make sense with the knowledge of what the Bible said. And so at some point in history, pretty early on, I'll have you, I mean, it, it, it happened real early on in the history of the church. People started to try to understand God. They they started to, when when like scripture started becoming a thing, like it became very important to understand what was being said. And now, you know, fast forward, you know, 1,000, 1,500 years, now that's just ramped up so much where if you go to a church, so much of the emphasis is interpreting the bible correctly and when we interpret the bible correctly which by the way is impossible but when we hypothetically do that then our relationship to god is based on that a lot of people call the bible the word of god and what that connotates is this idea is that like that's god's words in that bible and so if those are god's words in that bible then we need to follow them and if we follow them correctly then we're being good followers of God, good little Christians, right? But that's not, I mean, that's not what the Bible is. The Bible is a collection of writings from people who were experiencing God, just like I was experiencing God. And they were trying to make sense of it, just like I try to make sense of it sometimes in my mind, even if that making sense of it is, is just knowing that it's going to be okay when I'm having a hard day, right? And so, you know, people were losing battles and they were they were crying out to God, like, what did, where were you in this? Or people would win battles and they'd be like, God obviously was with us in the middle of this. And so it became this thing, you know, it has become this thing where it's like, okay, this is the word of God. These are God's words for us instead of, hey, actually, these are documentations, people's writings as they were experiencing or trying to experience God. And I think when we get those things mixed up, when we get that backwards, our faith starts to become less and less meaningful. There's an opportunity for more and more exclusion. Whereas if you don't understand the Bible correctly, then you're obviously not a good enough or a smart enough or a right enough Christian. I mean, I've heard people go so far to say, well, if you don't understand this part of the Bible correctly, then you're going to hell, but I'm going to heaven. You've heard it, right? I mean, I'm saying it pretty raw right there, but if you think through it, you've heard that same message. 
And so I think it's time for another culture shift and I'm starting to see it. I'm starting to see that we're starting to put those back in the correct order. We're starting to say, yes, yes, yes. There's, there's, there's good to be done. There's good work to be done of trying to understand what's being said in the Bible. That is not a bad thing. That is a really, really good thing to do. But we shouldn't pretend like we're going to get it right because you know, a lot of people think like the, the common theology that we have right now in churches is the way theology has always been. That's just not the case. If you trace that back throughout history, you will see a different, a lot of different versions of theology of the cross, a lot of different versions of theologies of salvation, a lot of different versions of the theology of everything because we're human beings and our thoughts tend to progress. And I don't mean progress like they get more right. I mean progress that they change because we've not necessarily gotten more correct in our belief system. We've just changed our belief system based on what's going on culturally in our world. And that's happening again right now. In some ways that's happening is we're starting to rethink some of what the Bible says regarding full inclusion of people who are not straight. We're starting to rethink the Bible in terms of violence. We're starting to rethink the Bible in terms of gender roles, like male-female roles. We're starting to rethink the Bible in terms of racism. We're looking at it through a different lens because we're just learning that maybe we had, maybe just, maybe it wasn't lining up to who Jesus seemed to be. So maybe we need to not assume that Jesus is wrong. And maybe we actually have to assume that we're wrong, okay? And so as we think about this moving forward, and I know this is a lot of rambling, but I, I wanted to, to put this podcast out there simply to say that if you've ever been a person who's had your experiences with God, with the divine, if you've ever had somebody squash those because they didn't line up with what that person believed the Bible to say or what that person's theology happened to be, I want to give you permission to take back those experiences. So whatever that was for you, when I say that out loud and that thing that you think of, take it back. Like you have, I'm giving you full permission to take back those experiences as real and as authentic and as true for you. Like I said, I don't know if the experiences I had were literally God pointing down at me, doing something so that I'd be okay or what, I, I don't know. Like there's no way to know that, right? But for me, that's what's true about those experiences because that's what it did for me. That's how it connected me to God. And so again, if anybody's ever taken the Bible and used that as an opportunity to tell you that your experiences didn't matter, I want you to know that actually I believe they had it completely backwards. I think your experiences matter so much that you should take those experiences and try to understand the Bible in context of your experiences, not understanding your experiences in context of the Bible. Do you see where the difference is there? And you might be listening to this and think I'm batshit crazy, but I'm telling you, it just seems to be the way that actually Christianity, religion, Faith throughout history seems to line up more in this way than any other way. What do we talk about when we talk about Jesus? We talk about the stories of Jesus. We talk about the experiences people had with Jesus. When we talk about the early church, what do we talk about? We talk about Paul and we talk about what? The experience that he had on the road to Damascus and that influenced everything that he did from that point forward. 
You can take anybody in the Bible and you could say the same thing. Their experience influenced their belief in God. And it wasn't that their belief, it, it wasn't the opposite, okay? They didn't have this, so, so Paul didn't have this experience on the road to Damascus with Jesus and then search out the ancient Jewish scriptures to see if he should believe that that happened or not or that it was valid or not. It happened to him and so he believed it and he lived out the rest of his life based off of that experience. And so I think we can feel comfortable doing the same thing. A little caveat here. If your experience with God or that whatever, you know, however you want to describe that, if that experience left you being a less loving, less inclusive, less caring, less compassionate person, that's when you want to rethink that experience. But if on the other end, that experience made you a more compassionate, more loving, more inclusive human being, then I think you can say yes, yes to that experience all the way in. And I think in so many ways, that's how we should look at our faith. If our faith makes us a more loving, compassionate human being and makes the world better for the people around us and for ourselves, then that faith is good. If our faith makes us exclusive, makes us angsty, makes us think that we're always right, makes us think that we can tell people what's right and what's wrong, makes us think that we can tell people who's going to heaven, who's going to hell, make us think that we can tell people what the right religion is and what the wrong religion is. I mean, that's, that's not helpful. And that's not what our world needs right now. Like our world is so divided, really always has been, but we can all feel it right now in our present time, right? So in this divided world, we need God to be a God of unity. And remember what Jesus said. This is the only documented prayer that Jesus ever prayed. And I've done some podcasts specifically on this prayer. But in the book of John, it's, you'll find it in chapter 17 when Jesus prays, prays. And one of the things, one of the main things he prays for the people that would go on believing in him after he was gone was that we would be unified so much so that it'd be like him and the Father. That's a deep sense of unity. So based on that prayer that Jesus prayed, I think it's fair to say that Jesus desired for us to care more about our experiences and our understanding of God in the context of making this world a more loving, compassionate, and exclusive place as opposed to the opposite. So whew, that, was, that was just a lot of rambling. Thanks for hanging in there with me. But again, whatever your experiences with God are, those are valid to you. And if anybody ever used the Bible or religion to try to tell you that they weren't, I want you to go back to those experiences, rethink them, because I think the beauty of our faith lies not in an ancient book, but lies in the experiences that we have each and every day. Thanks so much for listening. You can always find me on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram. You might want to check me out on Instagram because I'm getting a little brave. And like I said, I'm throwing out some reels and that might get a little messy. So make sure you check that out. Don't forget to download that free devotional off of the website. Man, if you can make it to the party, be there on 11-11, okay? If you can't, make sure you order the book when it comes out for pre-order or for sure when it comes out on the 10th. If for no other reason, just do it to make a, a little Polish boy's dreams come true, all right? <laughs> Until next time, let's keep chasing goodness together.